when someone does something right or something fantastic, wonderful, I just want to tell him and her, what you're doing is great. If nobody ever told you this, I would tell you this. Welcome back to Midnight O2 Season Three, Episode Seven. This is your host Amy. Today, I wanted to share something that is even more vulnerable and personal with you. Like I've said in the very beginning of Season Three, this season will be about my stories and where I'm coming from when it comes to inspiration and the things that I believe. And earlier on today, I saw I came across of this video on YouTube. It is a video made by Soraya Maranzi, and the title of the YouTube video is called "What is the most painful thing you've told someone?" So I decided I wanted to share, and you could go to her video and watch it on YouTube for other people's responses. And I decided that this is an interesting topic for me to share on what happened. And today, I also like to include the things that I've said that hurt people. So things that I've said and things that people have said to hurt me, probably either consciously or unconsciously. A lot of things they probably don't remember. But before I start, I just want to say that I'm doing this episode as a way to kind of remind myself and remind people. Let's try to be kind. I know it's really hard. We're all human beings, and we say things sometimes when we're at that certain feelings or emotions, and it's overwhelming. But Try to be aware. Try to care for yourself and for others, if possible. Okay, so here we go. The things I've said that hurt people. So when I was twelve, I was selected to do a presentation in front of the entire class, and I had to work with different girls and different students from different classes. Therefore, we had like six people. I remember, and they had me to be like the team leader. So I was trying to give different parts of the presentation and the papers. Yeah, I did. I had research paper when I was twelve during this presentation, and I clearly remember myself saying this to one of the girls. I said, "Your voice is so weak. If you keep on doing like this, we're never going to work this out. You gotta speak louder, or else are you only speaking it like for ants or what?" Like I said to her in like a straight face when I was twelve, saying that, and then she just broke down in tears, and I felt so bad after saying that. I was trying to tell her directly that you gotta speak louder, or else nobody could ever hear you, and the presentation could not go on. But I just said it in the straight voice, and I was twelve, and I felt really, really bad. I just felt like oh, I was pretty selfish, saying that in front of. When we were practicing, and you know, after that, I tried to talk to her, and I, we tried to work it through together. So I feel like I feel really bad, and I tried to make up for it. And I'm not sure if she remembers that, but she's still like one of my best friends after twelve years. We're twenty four, and you know, this happened when we were twelve. I'm not sure if she remembers, but I. I like to apologize, you know. Like I feel like I should, I should have phrased it better. I should have said something nicer. I should have worked more with her. But that's something that I said that I clearly remember, but I regret. And the second thing that I like to share that I said to hurt people unconsciously was that I told my mom that 
you and dad wasted my time for forcing me to take chemistry classes knowing that I hate it. And I told her that it took so much time and energy away from me. And I just told her how much I hated them talking about medical school every single day. Every day. And I hated it. And I told her for the past few years. Whenever she brought up medical school or chemistry classes, I felt like I didn't want to live. That's pretty much what I told her. And it was just a conversation between me and my mom. So my dad never got to hear this. And two days later, my mom told me that she regretted. She said she couldn't sleep and she felt really, really bad that she made me do that. And she couldn't do anything about it. Yeah, that's one of the painful memories that I went through. And the third one that I'd like to share was... Years ago, there was this guy friend of mine, and we've been pretty close friends for a while, but I know that he liked me for two years. And I already told him from the very beginning that I'm sorry, I can't feel the same, and I couldn't feel, I couldn't give what he wanted, and he didn't want to give up. So for like the two years, he would be coming to me and telling me how he felt. And I felt extremely bad. I was trying to be nice in the beginning. I was saying we can be friends, but nothing more than that. And every time he said something that's a little bit over, I would always stop him. But then years later, he kind of still felt the same way. And I had to say something that was really mean and rude to him. I was like, sorry, I'll never feel the same way about you. Not today, not yesterday, not tomorrow. And I think he was really upset. I felt really upset. I felt horrible saying that too. Because I feel like love should be something that's... Love should never be forced on someone. And I didn't want to... I don't understand how he had to do it to an extent that I had to say this to him face to face. So that was pretty difficult for me to say that it hurt both him and me, I believe. Yep, that was a while ago. And so that was three things that I said that I hurt people, I think, unconsciously. There are probably other moments that when I try to phrase things not in a so nice way, that are too direct, that hurt people. I realized there were just a lot of changes that happened both within me and how I think and how I act and how I phrase things. I'm working on it and I'm really hoping I will never hurt people. But I know people always hurt each other when it comes to words. That's the power in the language that we have. So... I try to be accurate and be very careful when it comes to wording, but sometimes it's important to say things to people, you know, because you got to put your feelings first, but not in a way to hurt people intentionally. But I believe sometimes it's important to say no and it's important to reject. It's important to state your minds, but those are valid points. It's just very difficult to find a balance of stating your opinions while keeping people at a safe distance that doesn't hurt themselves. Okay, now it comes to the harder, difficult part. For me to share things that I've been told that were horrible. First, 
was that start with something that's relatively lighter. Any of these was never easy. I'm not sure why I'm doing this episode, but why not? Okay, first thing is there was this one job that I really really loved. I applied for 137 job applications, I believe, in like a year. And then there was this one job that I really really wanted, and I was. Almost sure that I could get this job because they really, really loved me and I loved them. I could tell, and I pushed a lot of things away because I had to fit the time in with the scheduling and working with them. After four interviews and hours spent with them, COVID happened, and they said they could no longer give the job position to anybody. We closed it, and due to that. I had to work with different companies and freelance contractors on the work schedule and everything, but another company interview afterwards failed me pretty much. It was the most difficult thing. They didn't even say anything. They just didn't show up. It was two thirty a.m. in the morning Taipei time because I wanted to stay up to match the time zone when I was in Taiwan. It's my responsibility, so that's what I did, and I was happy and I was available for them. After months and months of preparing for a different company's interview, the company never showed up. It was after rescheduling with them for two three times, and the hiring manager said. That was the only time they could do. So I woke up and put on makeup and everything at two thirty in the morning, my time, just to wait in front of the video camera for the company interview. But they never showed up. I just stared into the camera blankly and was always nervous and waiting for them to show up. And I called their numbers. I emailed them. Nobody answered, and I was really disappointed. But I waited. For three hours, I remember it was five thirty that I waited until, and I saw sunrise. I was just sad, and I ended up calling them again. They picked up and they said, "Oh, you have my apology." That was it. They said, "Yeah, we'll reschedule a different one with you." Okay. And they never really explained. They said this happens a lot, so yeah. And I was very, very disappointed because for that interview, I locked myself in my room for three months just to prepare for it. But you know, it's all a process, and I learned and I grew out of it. It was just something that I was really shocked about. How could this happen in a professional world? And how could this happen to this? Important, well-known company. Let's say. Anyways, moving on to a different part. Things I've been told that hurt me forever was back in the days when I was in middle school or high school. I think people were just rude. We were kids, but those were never the excuses. I bet nobody remembers the things that they've told me. There was one girl. She said to me, "Your sweater is so ugly. You should just burn it." I remember I just stood in the middle of the hallway when she just pointed at me, and my sweater in the winter when she said it. The reason why I was sad was not because she judged my fashion sense, you know. It was the reason I was sad was because it was a Christmas gift from my mom, and I knew that she took time to pick it for me, and she liked it when I wore it. So it was sad that she said I should burn it. 
the way that she phrased it and the expression on her face, I just couldn't, I couldn't forget about it because I felt really, really upset about it. Yep. And another thing I've been told, it was also related with the way I dressed. The way I dressed was just very different from a lot of American kids, I suppose. I like a lot of Japanese, Korean, Taiwanese fashion-related stuffs. A lot of dress, a lot of skirts, and it was just I was just different, in a way, I guess. I just didn't fit in. So a girl, a close friend of mine, actually, I sh- I saw her as my best friend. She said to me, "Why are you dressing like a three-year-old with those skirts and dresses you have?" She also added on, "Your thighs look just as thick as elephant thighs in those," and she was just laughing and playing around with other girls. And I still saw her as my best friend at that time, so I was just laughing but crying inside. Maybe it was a joke, but it happened a lot, and she would. Go on verbally abusing me like that in different comments, different ways with a lot of her classmates and family members as well. And for some reason, it always reminded me of when I was younger. So back in the days, seven, eight, nine, not sure. I was pretty young. I was in elementary school, and whenever I visited my cousin, there was this older cousin of mine. I think he was twenty-five or twenty-seven. He said to me, "Oh, you're going to the states. Sure, you'll fit right in. You know why? Because you're fat, like many of Americans are. That's what he said to me. I know this is completely horrible and wrong and rude, but he said that to me, and I believed in him. I was eight or like ten. I I don't remember, but I believed that he was the adult. That I believed that it was okay for him to say that to me, and I didn't say anything back." And other family members and everyone, they just heard it, and then he was pretty much like, like, kind of tapped on my thighs. I feel like he shouldn't have done that either, but I clearly remember that. And he was twenty five or twenty seven. I still know who he is. I no longer have any contacts with him, but whatever he said just stuck with me. I don't understand how he had to say that and. The way that he viewed Americans were just really twisted, and how he said that probably, along with my friends and everyone around me, they made me feel really bad about my body, and I could never really talk about it. It was until years and years later, which is recently after ten years, fifteen years, I've been able to talk more about it. But I received a lot. Body fat shaming things about my body, and one thing happened lately on one of my book launches. This is a really difficult episode for me to do, ladies and gentlemen. My dad on the way back on the Uber, he said to me, he was like, "You look fat in the dress that you wore today. Is it because you eat too much American food and, you know?" Along with other girls, that's what he said, on the way back from my book launch to the place I lived, and I was like, "Why do you? Why does that bother you? Why do you have to say this on the day of my book launch?" I was expecting congratulations. I was expecting you did well. Of course, they said that, but it's not what I expected when 
as we were just alone together on the Uber. He said it in Mandarin, saying that you look fat in the dress, and he kept on saying it, and I was like, I don't. I know I'm healthy, and you know I work out and everything, and I'm you know I'm not I'm not fat for sure. And he was like, Why do you not listen to me? Why don't? Why do you not understand? You look fat in a dress. It's a fact, and I'm telling you this because I love you. I'm telling you this because I'm your father. That's what he said, and then I just went silent, and nobody could say anything to help me out or get me out of it. Later on, things that he said about my body still stuck with me, including things like when we were at the dining table during dinner time, he would be joking and say things like, "If you keep on eating." You're not going to fit in a wedding dress. That's what he said, and I looked at him like, how how I I'm like wearing like XXS size like XS or like small, like I don't even buy like medium shirts, and he's telling me like I'm fat, or he'll be looking at a friend of mine and be like, yeah she's okay but she's like fat. Or something like that. Or we would just walk around, uh, let's say like a shopping mall, and he would see people dancing, girls dancing, be like, "Oh, they dance pretty well, pretty nice," but they're too fat. And I'm just like, it bothers me so much. I'm not trying to say that. I'm not trying to attack him on a public platform, but looking back at it now that I'm talking about these, it still hurts me, you know, and. Whenever I try to tell him that this is not true, I'm healthy the way I am, and I'm proud of the way I look. I just could never look him in the eyes. It has been very difficult for me to cope with how I feel about my body and how I could communicate with him to let him see what I see, to see the values within myself, within my soul, within my body. It's just difficult. Every time I get a comments. Like this from my closest family members, it confuses me. I'm not sure what is it, what it is. I'm not doing enough. I'm working out. I'm trying to eat and sleep and do everything, and I don't understand. But I got every time I got those comments. It's just one of the most hurtful things ever, and those things they stick with you. When <laughs> just I don't know, girls, boys, this is really hard. Okay. I just want to share this for those who have experienced the same thing or similar thing. That you know, I wrote an article, long article on body-related images a while ago, and I'll link it down below. We could talk more about it and discuss more about it for sure. But I didn't expect me to go into these details when it comes to body image and everything. And these are very. Hurtful and it's difficult for me to say it. I'm not trying to blame him. You know, I don't blame him. I love my family. I actually do. I do, and I'm trying my best to keep connections and keep this relationship going with them. But to be honest, the things that I've been told, they were horrible and they're hurtful, and I don't know how to heal from them sometimes. 
I don't know. I'm just sharing these out loud. I'm not trying to attack anybody. It's just a way for me to cope with it. I believe that's what I'm doing. And I remember when I was having mental illness or mental issues when I was in high school. I tried to talk to my dad that I was seeing a psychologist, and I was crying. I was breaking down. I couldn't control myself. He was telling me this one sentence. He said, "You're a freak." And he said that to me when I was fifteen. I believed. I clearly remember which chair I sat on. I remember what shirt I was wearing. I remember what I did afterwards. Ever since that, I never opened up to him about how I feel anymore. Or I tried. Every time I tried, I was always rejected. So, I stopped showing my feelings in front of him ever since then, because of that one sentence he said, that pretty much ruined it. Yup, I tried to talk it out with him and with counselor and everything, but nothing worked out. The more I pushed back, the more I tried to communicate in different ways. It never worked. I tried. I love him. I want to love him, and I want him to love me the way I want him to. But it's been very difficult. It's the most complex thing I've ever had to deal with in my life. It's one of the challenges, but I take it as something that is so meaningful. But it's something that I need to work continuously work on. Okay. And the last thing I like to share today is one of the most horrible things I've been told. So here's a fair warning for those who've had secondary PTSD, or if you are having symptoms of depressions or anxiety, please skip this and please close this episode. Just move on and don't have to listen to the rest of this. Okay, here we go. So a friend. Friend of mine told me. She said to me in the middle of the night, she said, "Why do you exist? Tell me why you why why you're alive. Why don't you go kill yourself?" That's a clear, exact word. Everything that this friend said to me, and she didn't realize what kind of mental state I was in. She said that to me, regardless. And at first, I was being logical and told her, "I exist because there are still a lot of things I want to do." She said, "Why don't you end your own life? Why don't you go kill your kill yourself?" And I said, "You know, I believe every life have has its meanings, and I'm here because I have a mission." I have my calling. I'm a writer. I need to write. There are things that I want to say. There are things and a lot of values that I want to bring to the world and to the people. I'm not ending my life. That's what I said back to her. But you know, as I'm recording, I've been, I'm like shaking while talking about this. She said that to me, and I was pretty much triggered, and it kind of indirectly caused a panic attack afterwards. Because of the things that I've experienced in the past, okay, that was very difficult for me to say. But yeah, those are the things I've been told growing up through all these years. And 
if you ask me, do I forgive them for saying those? I think I would. I forgive them for doing all these to me, and I forgive them for saying all these. And but is that okay? I don't think it's okay. You shouldn't say those things to other people. And I'm better now because I believe I can do better. There are more things that I want to do and things that I want to tell people, rather than focusing on the things I've been told. But if you were to ask me this question out of nowhere, these are my honest, transparent answers that I wanted to share. And I believe, when it comes to pain, people unconsciously compare their pain with other people's pain. I just want to remind you and me. That pain shouldn't be compared. Sometimes human beings, this is our human nature. We hear other people's stories of pain and we feel better unconsciously. But that's not why I'm sharing all these with you. The reason why I'm sharing this is because it fits in with this kind of storyteller theme of my season three, and it's something that I want to record down for myself and. It's me, you know. It's a part of me that people say things to you, and sometimes they mean it, sometimes they don't. I want to be mentally mature to the point that I can understand the difference in between the two, and I can cope with it, and I can move on and live with the scars if I have to, and be peaceful with them. That's also my New Year's resolution. If you haven't listened to my previous episodes. I actually said that this year I want to be peaceful, at peace with myself, when it comes to scars and things, horrible things that have happened or that I've remembered and things in my heart. I want to be okay with them. I want to live with them and be okay and be better and do a lot of things that I want to do and keep writing and keep doing Amy. <laughs> Yeah, so I wanted to end on a positive note, ladies and gentlemen. I just want to share something—a good change. I started to compliment people more and more, probably ever since I dated my boyfriend. <laughs> I just love complimenting people these days. When someone does something right or something fantastic, wonderful, I just want to tell him and her. What you're doing is great. If nobody ever told you this, I would tell you this. You're great. You're doing enough. You're wonderful. You exist, and I love you. It's amazing, of what you're doing. So, I know I started to pay more attention to little details and things that people did are so wonderful, and I'll just tell them, "Hey, you know, you're amazing. This looks nice on you, and the specific details, the way, the very specific part." Is really well done, and I tell people this because I thought they would know. I thought people would know that they're already doing well, but I realized people people really don't know they're good. People don't know that they are doing great. So I want to remind people that you deserve this and you're good and the way you do things are perfect. And I love it. So that's a new change that I've been embracing. And I just wanted to let you know, and maybe you can start complimenting other people instead of hurting people with words, because there is a tremendous amount of energy that comes with words. 
no matter if they're verbal compliments or written down compliments. It's always nice for you and for other people to tell each other how much you're worth, and you're great, and remind each other to be kind, to be a little bit kinder to yourself and to the world today. And this was a very personal and painful episode to do. I have to be honest with you, but I hope you like what I share with you today. And if you have anything you want to discuss, I'm here for you. And you can always email me at ahcpoetry@gmail.com or DM me on my Instagram, and we can always talk about it and lead this discussion to a broader aspect when we can share with more readers or tell me how you want me to engage with you in the broader conversations. There are different ways and methods that I've been thinking about, but that's it for today's episode. And I hope. You've had a great day and have a great month. You know it's May already. I can't believe it. I know, and not sure if today was a good bedtime story. It probably wasn't, but it was something that I wanted to do and to be real with you. So now comes to bedtime, I guess. <laughs> Thanks again for tuning into Midnight O Two, and this is your host Amy. And have a good night. 